Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, I mean, I've got nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ignore those rude gestures. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Football Ramble. Um, we're back once again, and uh, and I'm glad to be back. It's a new year, uh, but we don't have a new team, unfortunately. <laughs> no, right, unfortunately. So, oh, sorry, sorry, fortunately. Got yeah. my words mixed up yet again. Mm. Pete's here. Hello. James or Jim's here. Hello. Lukey's here. All right. So we had a, an email from uh, Brian Harrison, and he wanted to know what our favourite FA Cup upsets are. Probably inspired by last weekend's events, no doubt. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, After, of course, Leeds beat Manchester United at Old Trafford. You go first, James. Me. Um, I'm actually going to go for a fairly recent one, which is last year. I'm going to go for Barnsley when they beat Liverpool and then beat Chelsea. Oh, so you've got two mm. games. Surely, going, yeah. I'm just going for that as it's just an incredible double header of genuine giant kings. It was brilliant. It was such a great result for them at Anfield, and then, then to just sort of grind it out against Chelsea as they did was just so impressive. And yeah, they're bled them. Yeah, good. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, good start. Who's the fellow that played for them and inspired them to that, and now plays for Reading, and he played against Liverpool at the weekend? Brian. Oh, what's his name? Gunn. No, it's not Brian Gunn. <laughs> that guy was also good when he came on against Liverpool as well, so maybe it's in his in his bloodstream. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Giant killing. Yeah, Luke. I've got a feeling I'm going to be talking nonsense for the next hour. Yeah. You've been on the well, show yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are in the studio. Would you mean so the listeners? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go for... Um, I'll be selfish for once. And I'll go, <laughs> and I'll go for. I'll go for. And I'm sort of belittling my team in a, in a way because it's not. I mean, we're in the same division and that, but no one really expected. Fantasy United Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one expected Portsmouth to get anything out of that, and 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 they and they. And they did. Absolutely battered Manchester United <laughs> for nice <laughs> No, obviously it was a bit of a lucky one, but that for me that is. Especially now in in the, in, the, in the sort of dire straits that Portsmouth are in, that was a real big sort of high point for me. And I knew I knew when we won that game, I knew we'd go on and win it. I knew we had a really really good chance. So well, two championship sides left that, to beat then. Yeah, well, and we beat them. Yeah, well, so you can only beat what's yeah, been improved. exactly. And that and that, that was um, one of the most one sided games. Of which is what I say against, when we're playing for the rival team against listeners. Oh, we're not listeners, are we? Sorry, they will not have some of that. Have respect. Sorry, and you <laughs> keep a civil tongue in your head. So yeah, Manchester United nil, Portsmouth won, two thousand and eight FA Cup. Rio Ferdinand ended up in goal. He did, and we were. Mm, let's we were like let's that. face it. No matter who <laughs> the teams are that are playing, everyone loves to see an outfield player. Oh, big time! Come on. Do you remember when Vinnie Jones did that against uh, Newcastle for Wimbledon? Newcastle beat them six-one. Oh, Nothing at UP, but in Newcastle, Trevor and Vinnie Jones had to go in goal. He's a tall fella. 
<laughs> Steve Staunton always used to go and go for Liverpool. Yeah. And actually... Dean Windass. Yeah, Windass has done it. I'll tell you something, there's a fact that you may know, you may not know, that any team, and it happened at Sheffield United and it happens at Everton now, when Phil Jagielka's in the team, yeah, that's they right, never yeah, put yeah. a keeper on the bench. Yeah. He's, de- he's actually decent yeah, in goals. He's decent in goals. Yeah, yeah. 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 He loves stuff good. like that. Pretty that's good. what yeah, makes yeah. football good. Yeah. yeah. I, I really do love the thought of, like, Rio... Trying to organise a defence. <laughs> yeah. right, go but... left, left, stage left, your oh, left, yeah. I'll go. Go right, defend, yeah? <laughs> he went the right way against Montari's penalty, but it was too strong for him. <laughs> he probably tried to mark one of the forwards. Yeah. Or murk him, yeah. eh? Yeah, good. Peter. Uh, sorry, I was just sipping with my coffee. Um, not American. Not, not one. American <laughs> I thought that was tea. Mm. No, it's coffee. Okay. It's delicious. Yeah. Uh, not one that I, uh, I, I should be happy with, I guess, but it's one that gets mentioned every time Newcastle plays a slightly smaller team. <laughs> uh, Hereford, non-league Hereford against Newcastle. Because yeah, they were slightly yeah. smaller than Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> slightly smaller. Well, they were first division. Hereford were, were non-league. Newcastle um, have stumbled a... across a lot of lower leagues. Yeah. yeah, yeah Stevenage Borough, they took a couple yeah. of goes out. Yeah. It's, uh, an, yeah, it's Ronnie. Ronnie Radford, yeah, ding, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then with DJ Campbell. Hang on, hang on, he hasn't finished. Sorry, Pete. Ronnie Radford scored from 30 yeah. yards. Look at his face! <laughs> Just look at his face! Wonderful commentary, wonderful moment, wonderful. <laughs> when uh, Pinocchio yeah. was commentating for the BBC. Wonderful um, tournament. <laughs> the FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all right. But it's a wonderful tournament. Um, I haven't done mine yet. I'm going to go back um, to the 70s, as uh, my haircut would suggest. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> my, um, the one I'm going for is from 1972, I think. It's when Little Late Norian came up against Chelsea. And Chelsea went 2-0 up, yeah. gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, really it's amazing. like getting a bye. Mm. The, Go on, you the mighty O's came <laughs> roaring back, and a, and, a, and a beardy chap called Fairbrother, who looked like a farmer rather yeah, than a yeah. footballer. If you can, give... I know how he feels. Yeah, <laughs> scored. And I, d- I think Barry Davis might have commentated. Oh, if, he, I... if he didn't, he did in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Fairbrother, yes. It's like one of those ones. <laughs> Barry Davis comments, commentates in your mind when you go to the shop and buy a pint of milk. <laughs> <laughs> He's behind the counter. Oh, and he's got the right change. <laughs> Does he buy a whisper? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> £2.50. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going for. I'd like to make an... Uh, a, and it's a near-giant killing in nineteen seventy. An honourable mention. Yeah. Well, uh, to, be sh- to be honest with you, it shouldn't really be mentioned, because okay. it's not a giant killing. But okay. it nearly was. Uh, in 1975, when uh, my local side, Leatherhead, nearly beat Leicester City. Now, Leatherhead were non-league, Leicester City were... were, were well, they were non-league and they got to the third round. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, if my memory serves me correctly. And uh, they were 2 0 up against Leicester, and Leicester managed to crawl, uh, crawl back in, in, in 3 2. And Leicester were in the top flight at the time. They were up there. That's the massive. Flight, or haven't did something. Haven't yeah. banged a couple past Liverpool, didn't they? Yeah, Anfield as well. Oh, Rocky Baptiste, I believe, was playing for them. He's a sort of yeah. veteran of these Now, sort of I things, saw yeah. Rocky Baptiste score at Highbury. For, for Farmer. Farmer. I was in the Farmer crowd. Was it 5 1, was it? Uh, it was 5 1. Mm. The Farmer had a man sent off 20 minutes in. <laughs> Oh, it's quite, come on, Rev. You yeah. know, okay. yeah, he was kind of last man, but it's just like, oh, come okay, on. Yeah, he, he pulled a machete out, but come on. <laughs> after Do you know what, right, one of the funniest things I've ever seen at a football match is they had a streaker, which is funny enough as it is, and, and but they let him just kind of run around. They didn't rugby tackle him <laughs> to the ground, and everyone was cheering, and he ran up to the goal where the farm brewer... Who, Fans were, and he like went to do a header to score. Everyone, Why? <laughs> and then as he was kind of uh, led off um, into the corner, he started sort of 
pretending he was all embarrassed and covering his bits. What? I don't yeah. think they get it when they do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they they just... always do that, stro- streakers. It's like you've, everyone's just seen you naked for ages. Yeah. Yeah. You know. He doesn't I, like to get naked in front of less than 10,000 people. No, fair enough. I yeah. don't think... Do you get a, so much of a, a ban if you're nude? Because you can run on the pitch <laughs> with clothes, and I just sort of think that's hooliganism. But yeah, if you're a streaker... Yeah. Well, I think if you enter the field of play now, you get an immediate You're in real trouble. Anyway, yeah. I mean, in the past, that would have been a brilliant sort of... Well, I, I'd say disguise, but maybe not <laughs> yeah, yeah. the right the <laughs> yeah. right term. But you know, yeah. Um, I think there's a guy who's now a professional streaker, isn't there? The guy who does all the events. Yep. And he, he became a sickening. Yeah, but he became a professional streaker. When Nothing's he, pure he, anymore. He, he popped up with like actual like company names written on him. Oh, oh, yeah. Websites yeah. on him and stuff. He's right. done. He's done all. He's done like the open. He's done the. He's, a, wee, he's a weird fellow, though, isn't he? Wimbledon. Except, he was at Wimbledon. Only your balls. Only my balls will bounce. Or, something. or new balls, please, or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And is it that fellow who dresses up like uh, footballers, isn't he? Because he, he tried. He, he looked like Cole Power. I was talking about that today. Actually, he got in the Champions League final photo. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it, was, it wasn't the final. Oh, it was not. It was a group. It was a group stage between Manchester United and Bayern Munich in Munich, and he stood on the end. Carl Power, that guy's in that name. Was in Munich. He went to Munich for that commitment. <laughs> he's spent loads, though, isn't he? But he's yeah. a bit of a weirdo, isn't he? I, I think he's actually well, played for his feet. I think he's played for probably by mistake. I'm sure I've seen him <laughs> filling it right back. Isn't he Din Dan? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, the points need to be um, given out, and uh, I'm delighted to say that Pete Donaldson. Oh yeah, <laughs> a vault fast for the Marcus. Yeah, yeah. Now that's it. The Hereford, definitely. Well done, Pete. I think yeah. some honourable mentions have got to go to Wrexham beating Arsenal. Oh, yeah, Mickey uh, Thomas. Early yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, of, of course, Wimbledon actually winning it against Liverpool at yeah. Wembley. Yeah. Points are done now, though, Jim. Oh, yeah, I know, so yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> credit where it's due. It's all in vain now, James. Yeah. You'll get your eye-tried-hard sticker at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, as mentioned previously, Manchester United did lose to Leeds United. That is absolutely massive as well. I think this game is up there with a lot of the games we've just mentioned. Well, yeah. That's going to mean so much to Leeds. They now. are two divisions hmm. below the champions... And last is finalists of the European uh, Champions yeah. League. Sorry, yeah. the Champions of England. That's yeah, yeah. And, and Incredible. Th- well, and also, it was just a really, really poor performance from Manchester United. Yeah. And it was one of the few games where um, <clears throat> you, you hear people say, oh, yeah, well, there's a top four bias with the referees and stuff. There really was on that game. I <laughs> got all the decisions. Yeah. I got, and Ferguson piped up with some ridiculous stuff at the end of the game about injury time well, again. He, he, he was moaning about injury time, and he said, the referee gave five minutes, which I thought was too much. I was, was watching w- it. Well yeah, too I much. Was and he said, this is an insult to the game and the players out there. What, he wanted more? It's not really an insult, <laughs> is it? It's strange. I mean, how many subs were in the second half? Does anyone remember? Because it's 30 seconds per substitute. Well, United brought one just all three. That. Oh, sorry, Manchester United yeah. brought one all three. But then there was one in, in injury time as well. But five minutes was plenty. It was yep. plenty. <laughs> and, and listen... Manchester United didn't lose that game because it was five minutes of injury time. Yeah. It, it was... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Owen missed an absolute... Well, not a sitter, but, you know, he should at least have connected with the ball yeah, rather yeah, than his own ankle. Scuffed it, didn't he? I, I think uh, the, you could sort of tell the gulf between the two two teams as well. I mean, the way that, mm. the, the, that uh, Leeds went about it, they were very workmanlike. And oh, there was yeah, a lot yeah. of drop passes and stuff. Yeah. So you could yeah. tell that Leeds weren't a, a premiership outfit, for Apart example. from Wes Brown, who got absolutely terrorised. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was funny because I was watching it thinking, oh, yeah, Leeds have... You know, of course they're a big club, and I think they are two divisions below. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but they are a big club. No, of course, oh, no, 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 of course they're a big club. That's yeah. not what I meant. Yeah. In, you, you look at Leeds and they're playing at Old Trafford, and you think they're back in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people thought one, that. One thing that I didn't enjoy, I think I wrote on the Facebook wall, where it was just um, where uh, Snodgrass was dis- uh, Snodgrass took the ball off Rooney really cheekily, sort of yeah. just sort of nipped it off his toe, and um, Rooney did that. You know that horrible sight when Rooney gets the ball taken off him, and he just starts legging out. You know he's a foul, and you know it's going to end with a foul. 
he did it again, and I was yeah. like, if, if he does that during the summer, I'm we're going to be say, screwed. Gonna, we're yeah, yeah. Yeah. screwed. And he's still got it in he's his game. He's got no discipline, everyone, yeah. Well, he I did just, it against in the last one. But why do it? It's, it's an FA Cup rash against yeah. a, a, a League One bloody side. He has got better at that, but he's, he's still got a bit yeah. of that in him. True. Um, so, I can't remember what he said it, but um, so, someone might have mentioned it to me. That it, it annoyed me. It was Tilsley commentator, wasn't it? Oh. And he kept cool, going, cool. he kept going, Leeds versus Manchester United. It's just like being back in the 70s. It's like, well, all 2002. I probably the highlight of the game was hearing Tilsley get just gradually more gutted as the minutes <laughs> ebbed away. It was brilliant. It's always nice. It's always nice to there hear. Was, there was a great bit right at the end of the match. As uh, as the Leeds fans started celebrating, it cut to a man who clearly hadn't been swearing when the cameraman oh, yeah. chose, <laughs> to, chose, chose him. And it was a toothless man yep. giving yep, yep, two yep, fingers yep, up yep. to the pit. And it made me think, isn't that isn't that just a metaphor for Leeds United? Yeah. <laughs> swearing, a toothless man swearing at the Premiership. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> 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 I thought Beckford played really, really well. Yeah. He took his goal well. Wes Brown was absolutely out of his depth <laughs> against a League One striker. In fact, I think Beckford's probably a championship standard striker. Do you not think yeah. Wes Brown would therefore be equipped to deal with, with Adriano? I think he's one of the worst footballers <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, think I think when you... Yeah, probably, Perhaps not one on the plane, then. But when you couple, it, couple that with the fact that Alex Ferguson used to pipe up and say... Well, who, did we talk about this last week? The reason Manchester United didn't sign Rio Ferdinand the first time is because Alex Ferguson rated Wes Brown as better and said he was the best natural talent of a defender in the country. I don't think no, we, we didn't that mention that, but he, he well, definitely did say that. And also, yeah. he, I mean, he said before that if he hadn't had his injuries, he would have been an Engl England regular for years and years and years. But well, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe he just had an off day. It, I mean, he's not always that bad. He I don't think Wes solid. Brown's awful. I, I used to be very critical, but. Um, I think he's put in some good performances in the last few years. Certainly I think he's suffered better. from injuries, in fairness, and I think he's suffered from not playing consistently, but I still think he's a poor defender. He, he just looked at, against well, Beckford, yeah. Beckford, he just... He just he just looked slow. It, yeah. Really just, slow, yeah. His Beckford's movement looked, looked really, really good, and they, people sort of complain that he doesn't... He's a bit of an Andy Cole character. He sort of... He'll, he'll, he takes a lot of chances that's to what people score say, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, and that's not something I'm particularly happy about Newcastle United being in the market for him because he's yeah. just another short, I think. I, I, think, he's not, I think he's a championship player. I think he's a championship striker. player. He's certainly not yeah. a premiership player. I think I it's think. funny, a lot of people saying, oh, Beckford, oh, who's he? Do you think he'll get snapped up? Yeah. You think, what? He's yeah. 26, he's been around for yeah. a few years. I yeah. think the thing is, the name Jermaine Beckford sounds like a Premier League striker's name. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> he's, he's banged goals in over the last couple of seasons, to be yeah, fair to him. But um, look, it's, worth, it's worth mentioning that with Wes Brown, though, is that he's not a young player anymore. No. Yeah. He's lost his pace. I think, he? He's lost the pace he had. But what generally happens with defenders when they lose their pace, and you see it with all these great Italian defenders over the years, they mm. gain the experience, they gain the sort of savviness, and he's not gained that mm, at no. all. He should be putting someone like Jermaine Beckford to bed. Yeah, you know, totally. And, and you know you can blame the, the injuries and the, and the fact that he's not been playing consistently, but to me, you've got to look at it the other way as well. You've got to say, well, this is his chance to play. He's not playing often. He's be he better put a good performance in so he can get his place back. Mm. And he's not done that. And he only played last minute because Vidic pulled out, didn't he? So maybe that affected him yeah, as well. Yeah. It's difficult to know what to do, but he looked terribly out of his depth for me. Apparently there's a bit of a weird thing going on with Vidic, isn't there? When he said he, apparently he didn't play because something just didn't feel right in his body. And apparently Ferguson said, like, I couldn't tell you what's wrong with him, but it's, it's all a bit frosty. And apparently he's unsettled. Man City. <laughs> he saw, saw Fernando Torres in the stand and absolutely <laughs> shit him. <laughs> um, uh, Arsenal, good win at West Ham. Yeah, Turned um, it around, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's impressive purely because I mean I said this when Arsenal won at Anfield, but I really, you know, this season um, at the beginning and a lot last season, you look at Arsenal, you don't, they don't look capable of turning games around, but they have changed that. There's a real steal there, and Abu Diaby and Sami Nasri coming on made such a difference. But previously, they were players that might come off the bench and just like nothing would change. Um, yeah. There the, the, seems to be a depth there and a sort of a, um, a, a belief, I think. Mm. 
Wenger would say, and but it's, it's actually real now, and it seems to be going on, you know, on the pitch rather than just inside his head. Which is, <laughs> yeah, nice. which is always a bonus. Yeah, very yeah, nice. Yeah. You believe I, so many things. I think I think that it was a good performance from Arsenal after they sort of. Um, Decided to sort of turn it on a little mm. bit, and Diamante's a super player for West Ham. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, he did lose his head a bit towards the end. Oh, he always does. That's why I love him. <laughs> but West Ham were brilliant, to be fair to him, and Valon Barami as well. Was, oh, he's a good player. He's so credit. busy, Barami. He's, yeah. he's just what they needed to get him out of that sort of mess. If he can play consistently, the one, the only sort of disappointment really for Arsenal's point of view was okay, they didn't have a great first half, but um, the boy Wilshire didn't play very well. Yeah, no. And he sort of, did, I think the occasion got to him a little bit. Maybe. And you yeah. don't expect. I don't know it's whether we've been spoiled with young Arsenal players in the past, but you don't expect that to happen. Now Ramsey really. The game by the but Ramsey's had a lot more. He has, no, um, he has, yeah. he's played a lot more games than Wilshire as well. I mean, even from from when he was at Cardiff. But I mean, yeah, Wilshire is a sort of bright talent. But a, a lot of fans have been calling to see more of him. Obviously, um, it is a case that Wenger knows best again. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it would be nice to see him play more. But I think he's sort of like he's a sub on seventy five minutes when you're three 0 up at the moment. Oh, of course, this is a bit of game experience. Mm-hmm. But he's only, he only turned eighteen on New Year's Day or something. Yeah. It, might, it might do him good to come on and uh, to, to play and lose. I think. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll learn a lot from playing, <coughs> really, definitely. I can remember my first Premiership game, uh, <laughs> my first FA Cup tie, you know, it was always yeah, difficult. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, you sooner did. signed you, didn't he? From yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't learn from it, though. No. And Liverpool aren't learning at the moment, are they? One all uh, away to Reading. They could have easily mm. gone Reading out. Reading a 20th in the Championship. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one, and, and that's why the FA Cup is a really interesting tournament to watch. If you forget all the cliches that people spell all the time, it genuinely is. Are you suggesting yeah. that the magic... Yeah, he's still there, Luke. Yeah, I, I am. Good, I am. I think it's magic. I, it could be any, tell you what, it could be more magic in that game if <laughs> if Paul Daniels came on the pitch <laughs> at half time and Paul did, did one of those tricks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought Liverpool were staring down the barrel of going out. I couldn't see him mm. do, get anything out of the game, but luckily they. I think they, they got probably, a really fluky. Yeah. They'll do <laughs> a job at Anfield, but that count was brilliant. No, yeah, I'll I'll credit say, to him yeah, there. That yeah. was that was superb. You don't see that very very often. That goal was entirely down to him. No, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. See, if he had been offside, it would have been a dodgy one, but obviously mm. he managed to stay on. So, The side who uh, went through from the third round, perhaps most emphatically, were Preston being cultures to 7-0. Um, Norberto Solano uh, might not have enjoyed watching that, mm. assuming that he did. Yeah. Um, Do you know John Parkin got a hat-trick in that game? Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Beardy, large John Parkin. Just like me, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Old school, fat cup. footballer. <laughs> He's just like me, but decent at football. That is the magic of the cup right there. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, Pompey were unlucky in fairness. I do, I do bash Pompey quite a lot, but they were unlucky against Coventry. One all with Coventry. Yeah, they had and a lot that of was in Portsmouth. Yeah, it was, yeah. Do you yeah. fancy them to, to go Frustrating, to surely, is it's another game. I'll yeah. never fancy them. No. Yeah, it, uh, it's not these days. I mean, it's a sort of, it's a sort of um, fixture away at the Rico that Pompey will slip up at. It's interesting that it's the first time they've not won after not being paid. It seems, to work as them a, it seems to work as an inter- <laughs> interesting <laughs> motivational tool, not playing the players. It's the future. Like, Stop paying footballers. <laughs> yeah. My mum my walked past, uh, I was talking to her about football, because uh, my mum's at the weekend, and she went, well, they should only get paid if they win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's like Sepp, that. Sep, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> well, well for, that about, uh, for that amount of money, you should be able to just bloody score from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that <laughs> bloke defending is getting yeah. paid quite a lot as well, Dad, yeah. so sure. Uh, ah! And money is no substitute for the basic laws of physics. <laughs> yeah. Paul Jewell's certainly very happy that that's mm. not the case. Mm. Um, uh, Middlesbrough lost to Manchester City at home. Mm. Shock result there, but eh? They're having a little bit of a bad time. Bit of a wobble. Mm. They're 11th on, on 32 points. Um, and they're five points off the the playoffs. They were right at the top when Strachan took over. Yeah. So well, that's right. They've only collected two points from, from Strachan's f- uh, first four games in charge. It, whoever the manager coming in is, it's always a risk to change a manager at that stage. One point. Especially when you're doing well. One point, one point off the top. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I do think Shrakka's decent. <clears throat> I think he's all right. So I think he'll probably turn it around. But I mean, it, the problem is with that division. It's just such a difficult division to get out of anyway, as we say all the time. Yeah. So if you if you slip up and you start falling away, it's very difficult to get back up there again because you, everyone takes points off yeah. each other. Do you know what I mean? It's like that bit um, in Gladiators at the end where yeah, you got to run up a treadmill. It's a travelator, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, they should call it that instead of the championship. <laughs> it is championship. Like that. It's rubbish. The the biggest, biggest, I, I, the Coca Cola Travelator from now on. You can have that idea that. for free. The I, biggest deficit I saw in Gladiators was this, this <laughs> massive Tonk guy, he was, and he had a block, an 18 second head start or something. Because yeah. normally it was only about a five second head start. Well, it's, one, it's half a second per point. Exactly, and yeah. he roasted it. He was like bigger than most of the Gladiators. Yeah. He was hammering them. Yeah. And he got to the Travelator. Couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. No. I think I remember that. He had about three goes, and the other guy nipped him. But the crowd giving him it as well. His, his daughter was crying. I, I would. The worst thing about football in this day and age is I wouldn't put it past some decision maker to, t to name a league the Travelator. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that could happen. <laughs> Celtic won, Rangers won. Mm. Bloody good point for Rangers. Even Walter Smith said that they didn't deserve it. They've got something coming. They conceded and then scored pretty much straight away, didn't well, they? Well, they conceded on 79 and, and then equalised on 81, I think with their only shot on target. The whole game, Celtic absolutely pummeled them. I know the Rangers keep made a couple of welders, didn't they? Yeah, so uh, Rangers out. keeping a, a bit of distance from Celtic. I think yeah. there's seven points... Uh, yeah, front now. So uh, uh, sad. It was it was only recently we were talking about how close SPL is. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's really. <laughs> yeah, but well, it's lasted. Uh, Evens itself out. It lasted longer than what I thought. But I think that's why they are... should adopt a South American model, Marcus. Mm. Have two championships a season, as you rightly said. Well, as a friend of mine said. Well, I think I think it's only fair you take credit. But if but you're be... putting it in good light and mm. want to give me the credit, then that's absolutely yeah. fine. Well, I reckon that Boyd's going to go in January anyway, so that might. Where's he going to go? Off. I'd like to see how he's doing the Premiership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He might go to Newcastle. Look, that's where he might go. <laughs> well, he's got the record now. He's ahead of Henrik Larsson with yeah. goals in the league. It's yeah. incredible. I'd like yeah. to see how he fares in in, in the Premier League. Would purely because like he, he's a goal machine at that level, and you just never know. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you he'll Scottish go. Football. Birmingham. Yeah, he will go somewhere yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, but Alex McLeish has done a fantastic job down there. A you know? Fantastic job. Mm. Him and Chucho up front, prolific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of of prolific goal scorers, Francesco Totti mm -hmm. is uh, apparently is prepared to come out of international retirement. Oh, how very good of him. <laughs> exactly. Prepared. Yeah. Yeah. He says. He says. It, um, I will decide in April. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if Marcello Lippi calls me up, if I am fit, and if the group wants me, I will go. Do you think this was his plan all along, yeah, just to course. miss that qualifying? It's really yeah, hard. We'll get rid oh, yeah. of qualifying, or we'll get rid of all the uh, pre-tournament friendlies and all that business. Just, I'm not... Call me when the lights are on. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> <different>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's harsh. I mean, obviously the manager's priority is to pick his best players. I think mm. we, all, we all understand that. But if you look at the players that the strikers at Italy have used to get them into the World Cup in the first place, you know, like um, Rossi and Jacinto and and Di Natale and Giardino. It's, it's, it's terribly unfair. You can't, you can't just bomb one of them off. Well, you know, Luke, you're a notable Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo advocate, I so... Am. I am, yeah, you can't, you can't... It's you double standards, well, Peter, I don't care. <laughs> and I'll tell you something, if Roger Miller fancies it... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only difference being, Pete, should be worried. Pete, Ronaldo's never said he's not playing for Brazil anymore. <laughs> he's just said, pick me if you want. And, and yeah. That's and, very true. And that Totti's actually said, I'm, I'm retired from Italian football, uh, from world, international football, and he did it after the World Cup. And I, I don't difference. think it's fair for him to come along and just go, all right, yeah, I fancy a bit of this now. You know, mm -hmm. I want to be captain and I want free kicks and penalties as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, when will it end, Pete? <laughs> hey? <laughs> Hang on a minute. 
He says he, he'll decide in April. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so... <laughs> Hello, is that, is, that, um, is that Giuseppe Rossi? Yeah, it's Francesco Totti, yeah. You know you've got your suitcase packed and everything. Forget it. You're a young lad, don't worry about it. You'll have other opportunities. Yeah. Um, and he will do. When Totti's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell you what, because I tell you, he's going to be pairing up with Luca Toni, isn't he, at Roma? Were you just about mm. to say that? I was moving on to that. So they could put, a, put up a prolific sort of partnership at Roma for the last oh, few yeah. months. I'll do the links. All right. Um, and they could both get in. Do you know what's... A, Quite something uh, is that Luca Tony is, that right? is going yeah. to Roma, and they, I think they're going to lo- link up. There. And is he looking to build on his, his amazing performance at Euro 2008? <laughs> <laughs> the World Cup 2010 He's Golden got Boot, a World Cup winners medal. That's yeah, true, yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, Luca Tony is uh, is going to Roma. Um, he's uh, he's only on loan for the rest of the season. Um, because he was out of favour. He had a bust uh, up with Van Howe, didn't he? Well, he said that uh, I have a splendid relation with the Bayern directors. <laughs> Here's my who, cousin. <laughs> who understood my desire to come to Roma. I had problems with uh, Van Howe, but anyway, that's in the past and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'll talk about it again in June if I'm still at Roma. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll start slagging him off if he doesn't yeah, have to go back I really, to really want him to stay there now. I want to see what's <laughs> going on. Louis Van Howe, like... He just looks like a man who'd have a go at you. Looks like a pig. Things. Like, I, oh, don't be out of order. He does. He's a fantastic manager. Yeah. Well, he's not at the moment, but... Yeah, he's... Well, he they're looks, not doing that well. Well, actually, they are third in the league. It's very, very tight in Germany. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. It, it always seems <laughs> to be, though. Who, so, who's 11, the, hang on. 11 points separate first and tenth in Germany. Wow. Um, the top you, five is separated by five points. Can I talk about another striker playing in Italy? Please do. Goran Pandev. Yeah, he's mm. just moved. Yeah, he, he, he finally managed to get out of uh, being bullied with an inch of his life by Lazio. Yeah. Uh, and who, who wouldn't let him... Well, he's, he said he wanted to move in the summer. And he wasn't going to sign a new contract. That's so, right, uh, that's rather right. than sort of uh, either getting some cash for him mm. or, um, or or giving him a new contract, he just, they just rather bunged him in the reserves. Well, they did, yeah. And, then they, and they wouldn't let him leave. It's, t- it's shocking. He got, he got a decision. He got, like, a load of, I got about €100,000 in mm. conversation and now he's obviously moved on. Mm. But, to Inter. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's a good player, Goran Pandev. And I think he's definitely the best Macedonian footballer I know. <laughs> a shadow of a doubt. Who else? Go on. Darko... Panchev. He was Yugoslavia, and he's retired about actually, 20 years ago. He's actually from Macedonia. Yeah, but he retired ages ago. Well, he's from Macedonia, though. <laughs> um, Geeks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lauro. Turkish side. And Karaguchu. <laughs> well done. Well, first, well, first time, I can confirm. I, you know, I eased up and took it. You've been, on the train, he wouldn't talk to me all the way up. He's <laughs> saying it over and over and again. That's because I couldn't get a word in. Yeah, we'll get um, some Turkish listeners saying that you're, you're pronouncing it wrong anyway. Um... Uh, Turkish side and Karaguchu are claiming to have completed the signing of Newcastle and Cameroonian midfielder Jeremy. I thought they were skin. Thank Christ for that. <laughs> he, was, he was on 60 grand at Newcastle. <laughs> 60 yeah. grand he in the championship. An hour! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's re- I thought they were... Didn't have any cat. I thought because obviously Darius Vassell's there. Didn't he get? Didn't well, he, he kicked out of his hotel? He got evicted from his hotel. Yeah. You know he's got he's got a, like a blog sort of website thing. Of Vassell. Yeah, he's kind of it's it's like his own kind of twittery sort of thing. He did little few updates on there and uh, the competitions. Mm. Oh, right. There's a lot of football <laughs> on Twitter. Apparently Freddie Addo's been talking about his yeah, moves. I follow Darren Bent on Twitter. He's very yeah, I, I, I yeah. do enjoy a deep. deep Darren Bent actually. Darren Bent actually had the tea. 
logo from Twitter sticks into his boots one yeah. week. And really? it, with DB10 <laughs> The Truth written on them, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I, like the, um, I, I like that fake Ray Parler. I like him. Yeah, he, he's, got, he's class. He, he sometimes pops up with, so what are your, uh, what are your tips for 2010 musically? And he wants to say, <laughs> I'm addicted to the XX. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Kai Rooney's got a little Twitter account as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Wayne Rooney's son. Oh, it's not really him. No, I know. It's a picture of Shrek. I'm pretty sure the Jack Warner one's real. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're not following the Jack Warner one, it's, it's a genuine great piece of work. I haven't got any money yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tweeting, but I'm not getting paid. <laughs> Former referee Graham Pohl uh, has been saying recently that um, the number of referees officiating in the Premier League is not healthy. Well, I think he makes a fair point. Are there, are there enough yellow cards? <laughs> 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 I so. Well, I think referees are under so much pressure with fitness and they get complained about all the time that maybe it's not easy to find ones that are up to the standards that they need. But they rest them quite a lot, though, don't they? they, they, well, they if, to, if they yeah. get in trouble, but if they get in trouble for whatever reason, they, they chuck them down like yeah. a step and they, they yeah. don't get these big games. We're, but then some of them just slip out completely into the championship and it just... Yeah, but the problem isn't that... There's a, the problem isn't they're refereeing too many games, I think. I think the problem is... They're refereeing the same teams too often. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. which is obviously a bit of a dangerous. Well, that's what Paul was saying. He was saying that um, they can sometimes ref the same team seven or eight times a season. Can you remember when um, I can't remember the referee Mike someone not Mike Riley Mike Dean Mike, Mike, Mike Dean I think it was when when he played the advantage for a Liverpool goal and they scored and he started celebrating but he was celebrating <laughs> because he played the advantage because he was really pleased with himself but oh, everyone was oh hang on a minute I think yeah. Liverpool gets Sunderland <laughs> well, maybe. rightfully so he started pumping his fist when Liverpool scored well, wasn't there wasn't there a, a referee I can't remember what I, I just remember seeing a clip at, at the end of an FA Cup final he sank to his knees <laughs> <and> went, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yes, oh, yes. Yeah, do you remember I I can't remember who it was against. It just it just really sticks yeah. in my mind. Just like that's what because he was so pleased that he's refereeing the FA Cup final. No, no, I think it just uh, got I think through he supported it. The, no, I think he support, clearly supported one of the teams. That's outrageous. That that. Yeah, surely he got through it without. Because I know that Rob Styles never refereed Pompey games because that's where he's from. Mm. He's from. I've seen Rob Styles out on like a Christmas night out in Pompey. <laughs> <laughs> remember the referee before the Barcelona Arsenal Champions League final was pictured uh, with a Barcelona kit on, holding a Barcelona kit. He was taken off. Messi and Club. Exactly. Mm. Um, yeah, he was, he was taken away. Do you think referees have to um, actually sort of declare who they support when? I don't think they do. When they They've got to start their careers. Well, it, the, where they're from, I think. One to ask Jeff Winter. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Let's um, not ask Jeff Winter anything ever again. People, anyone out there who's like got in, a, in the broadcast sort of industry, don't ask Jeff Winter anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll never be on the telly again. It's and yet, at the same time, you should visit Jeff Winter's like mediaentertainment.com or yeah. whatever he's called his website because it is fucking hilarious. But do it through a proxy so he doesn't get the hits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair plea. Um, yeah, Graham Pobb was also saying that he was saying that refs need to be stronger um, mm. with with their decisions and, and, and one thing or another, not be bullied. By it's a really, some of the really clubs. difficult job. Well, yeah, good he's, I mean, he said that. Mike Riley, who uh, heads up the association, he you know he reports to uh, into a board which is um, you know as uh, Graham Paul was saying is basically run by the Premier League. So yeah. it's the yeah. clubs themselves, mm. as he puts it, who are dictating policy as opposed to the laws of the game. So there you go, Ferguson's your own problem. <laughs> sort it out. Well, the, the issue is also that you know if you take it, if you strip it down to its bare essentials, you, you're effectively in charge of 22 men, all who get paid loads more than you, all are universally loved by thousands and thousands of people who are at the same place. So it's, div- it's never going to please everyone and, all the and, time. And nobody knows the names of any linesmen, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, they're, they're the ones that... that I heard it. that. I heard that Liverpool Reading game when um, the linesman gave the correct decision for um, Dirk Cout to, to not yeah. be offside. Mm. And he, the commentator, I forget who it was, even the commentator went, oh, and you've got to give credit to... Um, 
Uh, <laughs> Chris Davidson there. Chris Lionel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to give credit to Johnny Flags. There, uh. Johnny Flags. <laughs> on the subject of Mike Riley, I just want to point out that he looks a lot like one of the vultures from the Disney Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a wonderful point. Well, I'm glad I made it. Yeah. Good. And so are we. <laughs> right! Emails. <laughs> That was the worst. That's my Roy Walker. The worst Roy Walker. No. That I've ever I can do a worse one. Go on, on. I can only do two impressions. I can, do, I can only do Dave from Gavin and Stacey and Louis Armstrong. So I can do. Which one's Dave? Well, we can all do Louis Armstrong. Oh, oh I like Ness. <laughs> that guy. Oh, Isn't that, that just a Welsh man? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Lad. Well, lad. We can all do Louis Armstrong, can we? Go on, do a Louis Armstrong then, Marcus. We have all. Drop it, that's awful! The time! I think, I think you meant to be doing this. We have all. Oh, that's the that's, time! That's, in Bill, the world. that's Bill Cosby. Three of us can do it. <laughs> that's <laughs> Bill Cosby <laughs> doing Louis Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Cosby, Jello yeah. Pudding. Great man. Yeah. Well, that's not Bill Cosby! That is, you should advertise Jello Pudding. Jello Pudding! <laughs> <laughs> With the hip and the hop <laughs> Let's do emails. Yeah. Um, emails. Emails. Emails! Well, I don't have an email to read out. You three do. Oh, got it. One of you's going first. Who's it gonna be? Who's it gonna be? Oh, I just, uh, Delegate, Marcus. James. Make a decision. James is going right. first. Hello, hello, ramblers. Hello. Doing my rounds this morning in the supermarket, getting everything looking spick and span, I saw something that caught my eye. I assume he works in a supermarket. Yeah, he's um, doing it. Yeah. Um, for his own sake, I hope that's the truth. Um, the object in question was a tin of Café Pelé, freeze-dried champion. On the tin is a picture <laughs> of Pelé celebrating a goal, and it claims it contained quality coffee. Has Pelé lost his mind? Is he saying... I would. On uh, uh, probably, <laughs> yes. Has he sullied his great name by putting his face on a tin of coffee that may or may not be quality? Will we see Maradona counter that by putting his face on a packet of condoms? Oh, right. I've lost faith in old school football a bit after this. Oh, and don't get too upset about this. Australian cricketer Mike Hussey was marketing big pens in the same aisle. What a world we live in. Cheers, lads. That's Matt from Brisbane in Australia. Now, Matt, Pele will put his name on anything. <laughs> He's been hawking all kinds of things. Have you just including, got yeah, yeah. <laughs> including Viagra for many, many years. Oh, I've got one thing to add to that, and that's that, that I think that Maradona would probably prefer bareback. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Maradona's yeah, definitely. definitely not a condom man. It, it, it would be yeah, the yeah. contraceptive pill <laughs> yeah. he would yeah, be advertising. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. You would. Thanks for yeah. that, Thanks for that <laughs> Matt. The, the hand job of God. All the way from Brisbane, <laughs> Australia as well. Good man. Pete, you've got the next one. Um, this is uh, referring to our kind of call to arms because you looked for a goalkeeper last oh, week, yeah. weren't we? Uh, have we found one yet? Yeah, we got one. Yeah, yeah. What's his Tom, name? Tom Mortimer. He's only seventeen. I've got his number and everything. He's definitely coming. And he's ex Derby, is he? He's ex Derby County. Yeah. Academy. Yeah, Academy. That's <laughs> still yeah. come and have a kick. He's picked himself up. Come and have a kick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're in though, Tom. And I shall be calling you this week. Good lad. How tall is he? It'll be like a withheld number. <laughs> uh, seven six. Is he as good as Phil Jag Jagielka? That's all I don't know. Equally as good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this one is from a young man by the name of Ali Dyer. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> Hello, Ramble Force. Ho, your last podcast says you were looking for a goalie for your 11-a-side team. Well, I'm your man. I'm not really a keeper, but I'll give it a go. Here's my CV. I have experience playing in both France and Germany. I also may have represented my country 13 times. I come highly recommended by a former World Player of the Year and Hall of Famer, George Ware. Is that was my cousin? cousin. That's yeah. his cousin. <laughs> Grim Sinis also speaks good of me, uh, playing in place of Matt Letizia once. Uh, <laughs> if you want me, give me a call or email Ali Dyer, Saints Legend. Thank you very much, Ali Dyer. I don't believe that's really him. <laughs> <laughs> Given that his email address isn't alidyer at hotmail.com, I don't think it is him. For those who don't know, Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, Ali. We'll, we'll put you on the bench. Uh, 
at some stage. <laughs> uh, Luki Mua, you've got um, the next one. The reason we're not having Ali Dara is because apparently he's a bit, he's a bit Ibrahimovic when it comes to trials. He don't do trials. <laughs> is right? no, he, he, he is Ali. Um, Luke, you got one. Right, hi Luke. Um, this is from a guy called Tom Penn. Hi Luke. I thought as you promised to read another one of my emails, I would try and make it a good one. Remember Sasa Churchich? Yeah. Now Tom is a guy who a number of weeks ago we read his email out, but I. Very unprofessionally forgot to mention his name. So if to forget something. Tom Penn, Tom Penn, Tom Penn. Done it this time. As a crystal to sound weird then. Yeah, so Sean, Sean Penn. Did you say? No, Tom Penn. Okay. As a Crystal Palace fan, I have fond memories of Sasha Churchich. Not only his amazing <laughs> skills and technique, but also the fact that he was a complete nutcase. I remember him once diving to win a penalty against Watford at home. <laughs> a couple of minutes later, he went to take a throw in right in front of the away supporters, who were obviously giving him some abuse. His response was to start doing keepy ups and other tricks right in front of them with a stupid grin on his face until the referee had to come over and tell him to hurry up with the throw. <laughs> I can also remember him taking part in a one-man protest at another home game in 1999, which involved him doing a lap around the pitch with a oh, Yugoslav flag around that. his shoulders, yep. protesting the NATO bombing campaign yep. taking place at the time. He left Palace after having some fitness and attitude problems, in quotes, <laughs> and after a brief spells on the MLS and at Motherwell, he announced his retirement from the game in 2001, aged just 29, 29, with the following statement, I would not sign for another club, even if I was offered $15 million. However, it would be different if they were to instead offer me 15 different women from all around the world. I would tell the club chairman, please let me make these women happy. I will satisfy them like they've never been satisfied before. Uh, That's not a contract. In him and Kassar should have a TV show together. <laughs> I smile a sitcom. In 2007, Churchich appeared with the Serbian version of Celebrity Big Brother and won it. Yeah, he's a winner. He's a born winner. This led to a string of appearances on various other reality shows, including the Serbian version of The Farm in 2009, oh, where he may or may not have wanked of a pig, like, <laughs> like that girl did. Uh, Rumours have been circulating that he has been approached by Channel 4 with a view to appearing on the UK version of Celebrity Big Brother in 2010. Yeah, rumours by you, Tom. That's already happened now. Anyway, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and ho! That's brilliant, Tom. Thanks I, a lot I can exclusively reveal that uh, he didn't uh, wank off one pig. He wanked off 15 pigs. Did he? <laughs> they were satisfied pigs. Like they'd never been yeah. satisfied before. Yeah. Yeah, 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 That's great stuff. So, uh, Marcus, uh, who's going to get the goodie bag? The Championship Manager goodie bag? Tom. Tom Penn. Tom. The, the, Tom, did the research. The good news is, Tom, you've won the um, the Championship Manager goodie bag. The bad news is, we really do expect you to pass it on the Sasa Church itch, So <laughs> <laughs> please make sure you do that. Hello, I'm Dean Mundas, and this is my Hall of Fame. Thank you very much. Um, uh, it's profile time. It's Dean Windass's Herald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't it just, James? Isn't it just? This week, we have a. A different profile, a different type of profile than we've had before. We've got a match. Ooh. Mm. It's the 1950 World Cup final. Interesting, Marcus. Please tell us more. <laughs> <laughs> this happened on the 16th of July, 1950. 17 years before Summer of Love. Wasn't actually the final, though, was it, Marcus? I hope you're going to point that out in a minute. Well, all right. Yeah, cool. good. Just checking. Just checking you on your toes. Right. <laughs> Quick game's a good game, isn't it? This is the present. Um... <laughs> 1950 World Cup uh, was held in, in Brazil, and the final was held in Rio, in the uh, very famous American R Stadium. Newly built especially for it. It was indeed, mm. it was <clears> indeed. <throat> and this was the first World Cup since the end of the Second World War. And uh, as you say, Luke, Brazil and uh, Uruguay, it was the last game of the tournament. However, to call it a final... As we know, is it's incorrect, is, isn't is, it? Is perhaps yeah. incorrect because the way they did it back then, 
is there was no knockout round once you got through the first uh, group stage. It was kind of... Um, those Because 13 teams signed up for this uh, World Cup. The World Cup was done vastly differently. Than they loved a round-robin then, didn't they? Mm. They did a love a little round-robin. Weird then. phrase that. It makes me think of smug families sending out Christmas letters about what they've been doing and what they've achieved through the year. It makes me think of the Jackson 5 round-robin. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, that as well. Yeah. Um, but the second group stage, it was um, comprised of one group, which was the winners from the groups of the first stage. Mm. So the final, the 1950 World Cup final, as, as many people may know it, was actually the final group game. But it just so happened to work out that it, it was between Brazil and Uruguay, and they were the only ones who could win it. Which is why, when people say Brazil only needed a draw to win it, mm. well, they did, because that would have, they would have finished mm. top of the group. Yeah. As I said, it was the first World Cup since the Second World War. Um, interestingly enough, throughout um, the Second World War, the uh, Jules Romay Trophy was hidden in a shoebox under the bed of the uh, Italian FIFA Vice President, Dr Ottorino um, Barassi. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine giving that, that is... a Jacquana. <laughs> He's probably got down. the original one. <laughs> I was going to say, the, the, the current one is under his bed. My other, my other fact about the Jules Romay Trophy is you know that Brazil got given to keep? Yes, mm. they did. Yeah, because yeah, they won it three times. Yeah. Um, I, read, I read that they just had it in like a shabby old cabinet on the wall, the Brazilian Football Federation. Yeah. They, <laughs> just got, they just got nicked. They got nicked. <laughs> they just got stolen. Yeah, <laughs> that was that. No, I ever saw it again. No, that's not true because I saw the real one in the back at Rare Canard. Did you? Luke, no, no, that's not true. Some, yeah. No pickles yeah. bailing them out. No, eh? yeah. <laughs> it was, apparently, it was like a, they reckon it was immediately melted down for gold and then they yeah. just <laughs> well, James says that the English, the, when England won it, of course, it was famously stolen and yeah. pickles the dog found yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, in honour of hosting this uh, first competition since 1938, and so only 13 teams entered, Brazil uh, erected the largest stadium in the world, uh, which was in Rio, and it was designed to... <laughs> yes, erected. Um, it was designed <laughs> to really hold... really not funny. It was designed to hold 200,000 people. And the, the uh, official attendance of the game was 173,000 or 174,000 but these are That's a lot, ridiculous, of, a yeah, lot yeah. of people say that it was like 205, 210,000, yeah. you know. So they reckon it was 174,000 paying customers yeah. <laughs> and, and their friends. So as we say, the, the, uh, the setup of the finals was slightly different to, to what we know now and actually what was before it. But um, into the final match it went. It was Brazil versus Uruguay and Brazil only needing a draw. To uh, lift the trophy for the first time, Uruguay had previously won the World Cup in 1930, um, and Brazil were on top form coming into this match. They had scored 13 goals in their in their previous two uh, pool matches. Uruguay had only scored five times and struggled on both occasions. Brazil clear favourites to win. I mean, clear favourites. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Brazil was football mental then. Yeah. Well, it know. always has been. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they so Brazil's. Uh, two games in that pool they beat Sweden 7-1 and they beat Spain 6-1 so they were top with four points because it was two points for a win going into the final match Uruguay however were, were in second place they uh, drew two all with Spain and beat Sweden 3-2 and scored the winner five minutes from time so you can imagine how confident yeah, yeah. the Brazilians oh. were and in front of their own fans that, and that would have been it's not as if you know Uruguay would have been allocated 20,000 you know yeah. no and, and also there was like um it was almost like that. I've read quite a bit about the events surrounding it, and there was, you know, they were as close as you could. I mean, you can imagine they were as close to you could get 
we're, we're celebrating. Yeah. But, I mean, it was like there was newspaper articles a day before saying, the, like, you know, yeah. the new world champions or something before the game had even been played. <laughs> the mayor they, they really did assume they'd already won. The mayor of Rio proclaimed Brazil world champions prior to kickoff. Yeah. So the whole the whole country was gripped um, with football fever. And as I say, you know, there was over 200,000 of them in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Supporting that's some atmosphere, that is. <laughs> that's double, over double the amount of people when we went to the new Camp. Yeah, which was a ridiculous that. Yeah. that stadium was covered as city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's more people than most towns. It's more know, people than the entire population of Portsmouth. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> giddy aunt. So anyway, the, the, before the match uh, in Uruguay's uh, dressing room, um, their coach, uh, Juan Lopez, he informed their team, he said, the best chance of surviving the powerful offensive line of Brazil would be to, do, um, to adopt a more defensive strategy. Um, and, he, and, and he left the room, and the captain of the side, Varela, he stood up and addressed the team himself, saying, uh, Juan Cito is a good man, but today he is wrong. If we play defensively against Brazil, our fate will be no different from Spain or Sweden's. Yeah. He what then, he said there is basically, if we sit back, we're going to get murdered, gents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did. And so he said, uh, he d- apparently delivered a real emotional mm. and rousing speech. Could you call it Churchillian, Marcus? I would absolutely, and Hollywood-esque. And apparently this speech got them up for it so much. Like, it, all the players said that it was such an important thing. Mm. And uh, he delivered, uh, apparently it was a memorable line now. He said, Muchachos, los de afuera son de palo que comencia la función. Yeah. Which I'm sure you're all aware of. Means, <laughs> boys, outsiders don't play. Let the show begin. Oh, that's big. That's big. <laughs> that's massive. Yeah, big. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. sitting in this room yeah. with 200,000 people yeah. outside all singing I, for the other side. I just think it's disappointing from Varela, to be honest. I think he, he went against his manager's wishes. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he should be shipped out. Two weeks. never play again. Two weeks, fine. Two <laughs> weeks, wages, <laughs> <just> fine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Gra- ga- Graham Sooners would not stand for that. He wouldn't do. <laughs> he wouldn't do. Well, the game uh, started as. Uh, as most people would have thought with uh, Brazil piling on the pressure. However, Uruguay managed to get to half-time and it was nil-nil. Brazil took, uh, you know, an expected lead after half-time. Friaca on 47 minutes uh, put them one up. Mm. And blimey, it was party time. Not only were they, they already thought they'd won, Mm. but they they were going up. No, it was official. It it pretty much was, yeah. I mean, you might as well have walked off the pitch as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So the whole stadium's absolutely rocking. But um, Varela, the Uruguayan captain... Suddenly he came into his own. He disputed uh, the validity of the goal to the referee, and he really argued uh, with the referee about that. But I think that was more a psychological kind of thing mm. he was doing mm. there. And apparently he calmed down, he took the ball to the centre of the field, turned around and shouted to his team, Now, it's time to win. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a class, isn't it? They equalised in the 66th minute when uh, Alcides Gigia beat his man down the right because he was their right winger. Talented right winger. He's absolutely mustard, Gigi. Yeah. He centred for Schiaffino to score. And then with 11 minutes remaining came the moment, <laughs> which is in the football history book. With the moment which absolutely destroyed Brazil <laughs> as a nation. Not just a football yeah. nation, but as a nation. Well, G- for years. Gigi. He burst past his man down the right and he shot near post against uh, the goalkeeper, Barbosa, and it went in. Yeah. Absolutely unthinkable. And the crowd 
from that moment, were silent. Everyone, much everyone mentions game. this when talking about this game. Like yeah. all, all the reports from people that were there. Apparently, imagine a crowd of two hundred thousand people that have just been partying, going mental, just suddenly being just silent. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Jules Ramey himself was um, was at the game, and he described it. He said the silence was morbid, sometimes too difficult to bear. Creepy. There's a lot of few little pockets of Uruguayans around. Just going, <laughs> 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 like, Would you dare? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> completely <laughs> getting your pocket picked and just sort of. <laughs> look, it's like looking out in your garden. Seeing someone messing around with your shed, mm. you go, He's not supposed to be there. It absolutely <laughs> decimated Brazil. I mean, mm. the, the famous fact is that um, there's something like ten times the amount of books written about that final they lost, and there is about the 1970 uh, winning yeah. final. Mm. Yeah. Well, there were yeah. suicides and things, weren't there? Oh, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Jules Romain himself, as I said, was there. The guy who obviously was um, the mastermind behind the World Cup. And he had prepared a speech in Portuguese to congratulate the winners because he thought he was going to be Brazil. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. What a waste of time. What yeah. have I done? Yeah, yeah. Well, course, I would do it anyway, but no one's going to understand it now. <laughs> <laughs> he was French, not Cockney. Yeah. Um, but, uh, his, his dad was a Cockney. But, of course, this wasn't the case. The case. And the organisers of, of the World Cup... They didn't have a ceremony. The whole ceremony was prepared for around Brazil. <laughs> so a ceremony did not take place. That's what you need for motivation of Uruguay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> although then, when it comes to actually winning it, you'd be proper pissed off yeah, by yeah, that if no, you weren't I... too giddy from just winning the World Cup. No, we, we, we've won a football trophy as a, as a, as a ramble team <laughs> yeah. together. And I'm yeah. sure, Comparable. you know, yeah, a lot of... That in, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, if I may, because... Uh, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners maybe won medals and so on. The, the, the ceremony for this... World Cup final match was quite similar to what I'm sure we've all experienced after winning something like yeah. that. It ended up with Jules Ramey himself, with the trophy named after him, walking round the pitch, shouting after the Uruguayan captain, <laughs> so he could give him the trophy. <laughs> the World Cup final. That's amazing. In the stadium of 200,000. That's crazy. Well, I don't think there was many of them left at that point. Well, they were gone. Well, actually, to be fair to the crowd, I think they did actually give him a round of applause. They? They, they were gracious in defeat, <laughs> okay. yeah. So yeah, and and uh, the Brazilian Football Confederation had made twenty-two gold medals with the names of the players uh, imprinted on them, so they had to get rid of them. Mm. And at that time, the FIFA arrogant. I mean, it's a football <laughs> match. Yeah, These yeah. things happen. Yeah. But the thing is, though, um, the, the reason why I think it it, um, it just destroyed Brazil so much and they took it so seriously is, is, is a lot of people tell you there's never been a war in Brazil. They've never actually had. Oh, well, this is it. Yeah, psychologically, it's a massive, massive mm. thing. Yeah. yeah, this was this was a national tragedy. But, I mean, anyone who thinks that. England, English people are passionate about football. Oh, yeah. Needs mm. to look at Brazil because they, I mean, they, they, everything they do is channeled through their football team. Oh, yeah. Like you were saying to me uh, uh, the other day, Marcus, like football in Brazil is is split into two sort of eras. Not when they won the World Cup five times no. before that and after. It's, it's when that nineteen fifty final yeah. before that and after that. It's, it's like, like BC and AD. Yeah, it's, it is. It's absolutely huge. And and, yeah. and the goalkeeper Barbosa, who if you well. if you actually look at the goal, hopefully we can find it on YouTube and stick it up. Um, it wasn't really even his fault. It was a good goal. It I mean, was pretty. I mean, it was near post, but he was he was pretty. I mean, he was pretty inside the box. Yeah, I mean, he. And yeah. Let's not forget, by the way, Barbosa was probably the. Arguably the best keeper in the world at the time. Yeah. He was a brilliant keeper. I think he was at Vasco um, when he went right, during right. that World Cup. Um, he famously used to um, not wear any gloves, even mm. though gloves had just been introduced sort of here and there because he wanted to feel the ball. And he was a real footballer's goalkeeper, mm. Mm. and he kept him in so many games. And he got completely crucified and actually died like a, a really unhappy man. And there's a famous quote from him, which was something like, um, "Oh well, in Brazil, the maximum jail sentence you can get is 30 years, but I've served 50 years already for that." For something. I 
I have not been responsible. Exactly. And yeah, they, or did yeah. they send him the goalpost when they replaced they him and stuff? They did, yeah. They sent him the goalpost, which I think he ended up yeah. burning with the firewood and stuff to get rid of, to try and cleanse his spirit. And because they're quite superstitious about that sort of thing as yeah, well, some yeah. Brazilians. Oh, yeah, incredible. I mean, there was there was a song, um, uh, you know, like a victory song, uh, composed several several days before the final, and the song was never performed. Yeah. You know, this society was in absolute despair, and a lot of people, a lot of the newspapers, they refused to accept it. And as you said earlier, James, a lot of you know there was suicides and stuff over this. It just it, it, some of the players kind of went silently into retirement, and of course the, the example of Barbosa was um, was all there to be seen. But um, and and also this Brazil decided to change the design of their national football kit after the after this defeat because they thought it was considered to be jinxed. And mm. um, the Brazil home shirt was white with a, a blue neckline along uh, with white shorts. And they changed this um, to what they have now with the yellow and the, the green. Competition well, that, the that green, is sorry. incredible, isn't it? I mean, obviously, this marked a massive, massive sea change in Brazilian football and obviously their sort of mentality towards it. And it's, it's absolutely incredible that one single event is, was such a sort of cataclysmic, seismic event for mm. them. Yeah. It's, it's, you, it's not. Yeah. It's not as well known as you'd think that no, this ever even so. happened. I've got another thing. Another little fact about it, which puts it into perspective, yeah. is that you can get um, edited versions of that final mm. on the black market in Brazil, which show Brazil actually winning. And it's, and it's cut with different footage of them celebrating different games, and they've cut <laughs> it in a way. The film on, on old cine film, they've cut it so yeah. it looks like Brazil have won. So you can buy, or you can. You, there's people who've got them who've edited themselves a little bit of like a uh, sort of um, subculture of it, and you can get it and you can watch it. It's so just it, utterly, utterly pointless. So you, so you can sort of, I don't know, you can imagine that Brazil have won the World Cup final in 1950 when they haven't. <laughs> if, if there are any listeners with lots of time on yeah. their hands, and I've well, met some of you, and there definitely are, right? Can you do some? Of, can you do an England World Cup history where we win? In all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Can he do a Portsmouth League win? Not enough. Cheapened it, he has. Cheapened Not enough wins. Well, um, that's, that's just, in seriousness, that's a measure of how seriously they took it, you know. Very much so. Um, another um, thing about the final was it, um, it, it, it boasted a record that uh, it was the referee of the final was by far the oldest referee ever to, um, to officiate in a World Cup final. George Reader from Warwickshire. Oh, yeah. Ah. He started refereeing in 1930, and he'd retired from um, top-flight refereeing in 1944. But he was in such demand amongst foreign football associations that he was selected to officiate throughout Europe. Now, despite reservations about his age, um, Reader's international experience had placed him among those in the football association to call on uh, for the tournament. And his powers, they said his powers of control were, were put to the test against Brazil uh, when, in, in the first match he, he officiated, Brazil scored their first goal against Mexico. As was the custom then, the goal caused a mass invasion by reporters um, demanding immediate responses from the goal scorer. And the goal well, in the middle of the match. <laughs> on the middle of the match. I've seen this actually yeah. in, uh, from recent footage. But the goal would be scored, and everyone runs up with a microphone to him, <laughs> um, and with the goalkeeper as well. And that was all very commonplace back then. So he's not having any of that though. Of course really. he, yeah. <laughs> so he's uh, <laughs> he's saying, you know, how could someone once said, how could any one man restore law and order? Well. George Reader did that within a few minutes. He cleared the pitch almost single-handedly and restarted the World Cup curtain raise as if it were an end-of-season fixture in the Yorkshire League, as, they, as, the, <laughs> as uh, the book The Final Whistle uh, puts it. Oh, brilliant. Absolutely How incredible. old was he? He was 53. Um, okay. And as, as a result of all this, uh, a daily newspaper in Sao Paulo said... He, he just sang the praises of, of the British referees that were there. And it said... 
this is this is the quote. It said, "We must strongly demand that Brazil shall not take the field again in this World Championship if a British referee is not in charge. <laughs> Even should we finally meet the English, we shall still demand a British referee and have full confidence in him." <laughs> wow, it's an incredible statement, really. <laughs> it, it can't make what a turnaround! turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we can't. Um, uh, we've got to mention in that World Cup, of course, England were humiliated by the US one 0 and went out in the first round. <laughs> yeah. But as for um, Al Saidi's. Uh, Gigi himself, uh, the goal scorer. Yeah, he uh, made the first and scored the second. Then he did. Yeah, yeah. He had a part. He went on to play for Roma actually, and he actually became um, an Italian citizen and played a, a handful of games for Italy later on in his <laughs> career. But l- it was only um, last year, at, right at the end of last year, on the uh, 29th of December, so very recently, Brazil honoured Gigi uh, by celebrating his decisive goal in that 2-1 victory over Brazil in the final match of the 1950 World Cup. Closure. Exactly, and mm. uh, he was honoured. Uh, his feet were moulded to take place alongside the greats, including Pele, uh, Eusebio, Beckenbauer, uh, which is at the Maracanã Stadium. Uh, walk of F- no, Nugent isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> still uh, time, still time. <laughs> at the Maracanã Stadium Walk of Fame, which I've been to, I, I have to say, oh, yeah. gentlemen. Impressive? Very impressive indeed. Uh, he's 83. Um, he declined to uh, take questions from reporters, but he um, he did manage Viva Brazil before leaving. Oh. Um, but he said, I'm, I'm a bit emotional and I just want to thank everyone uh, from my heart for the reception I've been given. So it's quite incredible that Brazil are honouring this man who did, you know... Destroyed them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I shall end uh, with a quote from um, the goal-scoring uh, Gigi himself. He said, Only three people have managed to quiet down the Maracanã with a single action. Frank Sinatra... Pope John Paul II and me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. He would I mean, come that final. match. <laughs> the yeah. 1950 World Cup final match is in. So yeah. in the Dean Windass Hall of Fame, this is just going to repeat itself for infinity. All the Brazilian players are going to go mad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they will, yeah. Let them. They already are. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. If you'd like to get in contact with us, then the email address is podcast at thefootballramble.com and, of course, the website is thefootballramble.com, which has lots of lovely things, blogs and Ramble Tube, which are clips that we've talked about in the show, and you, you'll have a great time there. Um, any notices? Well, I mean, we still got betway.com forward slash football ramble. Just because it's 2010, 2010, yeah. 10 past 8, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean that sports betting's ended. Yeah, Jimbo's uh, top of the league, I'm second. Can, yeah, I'm, I'm down there. Yeah, so I've gone for a home banker, Fulham, I guess. Yeah. We'll see what against happens. Portsmouth next week. Oh, yeah, that's out of order. Oh, come on Dig. now. Dig. Bobby Zamora's uh, that firing all cylinders. Bobby Z. So, Bob's. yeah, betway.com vote slash football ramble. Um, say goodbye, Pete. Yeah. Say goodbye, Luke. <laughs> goodbye. Say goodbye, James or Jim. Goodbye. Uh, we're all off for uh, some of Pele's coffee. I would. Oh. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.